Welcome to today's edition of the My Ag Life Daily News Report. I'm your host, Lori Boyer. In addition to feature reports, I'll bring you a look at regional and national agricultural news. And the show starts with a look at California agricultural news. Corona College Heights Orange and Lemon Association, a nonprofit grower cooperative headquartered in Riverside, has been specializing in citrus for over a century and organic citrus since 2001, and many of the cooperative's organic growers embrace regenerative agriculture practices. With a rich heritage, they are committed to community engagement through their family-owned farms spread across all citrus-producing regions in California. That according to Garf Hathcock, Director of Field Operations and Organic Division Manager. He said the cooperative boasts over 12,000 acres ranging from a modest five-acre ranch to a sprawling 1,000-acre farm. The cooperative boasts over 12,000 acres ranging from modest five-acre ranches to sprawling 1,000-acre farms. CCH growers have not only contributed to the state's reputation as a citrus, but have also been leaders in the transition to organic and sustainable farming practices. With more than 3,000 acres of organic citrus in multiple California growing regions, Corona College Heights offers organic lemons, oranges, and red grapefruit to its large U.S. customers base. The primary customers are retailers and wholesalers across the United States, focusing on cooperatives, national stores, and regional to national grocers, according to Hathcock. The products are available in over 50,000 grocery stores nationwide, serviced through various distribution systems. The cooperative's organic lemons are available year-round, while its two varieties of organic oranges are in season from December through April, that includes navels, and April to October, that includes Valencia's. CCH Organic Grape Fruit grown in Riverside and Imperial Counties, as well as the San Joaquin Valley, is available January through June. CCH Citrus offers a range of organic citrus that satisfies the spectrum of plates and preferences, according to Hathcock. The around availability of organic lemons and the sweet, healthful delights of navel and Valencia oranges place them at the forefront of consumer demand. When asked about trends in the organic citrus industry, Hathcock highlighted an overall increase in demand as well as rising operational costs. He also said there is growing consumer interest in regenerative agricultural practices, something that many of CCH's organic growers incorporate. In recent seasons, Hathcock says CCH growers have encountered a number of challenges ranging from erratic and extreme weather patterns to the emergence of new pests like the Asian citrus ciliad and quarantines aiming to eradicate the risk of oriental fruit fly that create a risk to all citrus growing conventional and organic. The Kiyama Valley Groundwater Basin adjudication, which began its Los Angeles County Superior Court hearings in January, will continue without Bolt House Farms and Grimway Farms. Initiated in 2021, the adjudication aims to determine the water extraction limits from the basin, one of California's 21 critically overdrawn basins. The basin's state-required sustainability plan demands a 60% reduction in water use over two decades. This lawsuit triggered a boycott and petition against the carrot-growing companies by Kiyama residents. Although Bolthouse and Grimway exited the lawsuit in August and November, the remaining plaintiffs are valley landowners and not associated with either agricultural corporation. These include Lapis Land Company, LLC, Ruby Land Company, LLC, Diamond Farming Company, and Bolthouse Land Company, LLC. According to the California Secretary of State Business Filings, these companies have connections to the Grim family and Bolthouse properties. Grimway Farms stated its withdrawal from the adjudication was due to a lack of support and a desire to maintain relationships with family farmers. Bolthouse Farms echoed a similar sentiment, emphasizing its commitment to positively impacting the land and its people. 
Despite the corporation's departure, Kuyama residents will continue their boycott and petition, which has collected over 9,100 signatures as of January 24th. Jordan S. of Gilroy, California, is a creator of the Extended Fruit Pruner Basket, a telescopic hand tool designed to reach, prune, and collect fruit from trees. The device features a basket at the top and equipped with a pruning blade, allowing users to stand on the ground level and extend a basket towards the fruit on a tree, activate a trigger near the handle, and quickly cut the fruit at the stem to drop directly into the basket. The tool eliminates a need to stand on a ladder or shake branches to try and remove fruit from a tree, saving extensive time and effort when manually picking fruit by reducing any strain and muscle fatigue associated with standard methods of fruit picking. There has been ongoing interest in developing more efficient fruit picking tools. The agriculture and horticulture industries are continually exploring ways to improve efficiency, reduce labor costs, and enhance overall productivity. Efficient fruit picking tools aim to streamline the harvesting process, making it faster and more cost effective. Faster and more efficient fruit picking tools contribute to increased productivity, allowing farmers to harvest larger quantities of produce in shorter timeframes. Moreover, new and innovative fruit picking tools like the extended fruit pruner basket are designed to be more precise, minimizing damage to fruits during the harvesting process and ensuring better quality produce. Jordan filed his utility patent with the United States Patent and Trademark Office and is working closely with Invention Home, a leading invention licensing firm, to sell or license the patent rights to his extended fruit pruner basket product. Ideal licensing candidates would be U.S. product-based manufacturers or distributors looking to further develop and distribute this product innovation. Amid strengthening El Nino conditions and heavy rainfall, almond farmers in California are being warned about Phytophthora, a rare disease that can cause serious harm to their orchards. Florent Trellis, a University of California Cooperative Extension Specialist, has advised farmers to be on a lookout for the disease. Phytophthora are soil-borne microorganisms that usually cause root and crown rot at the base of the tree. However, some aerial Phytophthora can ascend and infect the tree's upper parts. Last winter, an unprecedented outbreak occurred due to the atmospheric rivers that hit California. While the disease does not kill the tree, it causes branch dieback, requiring additional work and expense for almond farmers. In 2022, Almonds were California's fourth highest value commodity, valued at $3.52 billion. During the last outbreak, researchers noted that it was directly infecting young almond tree shoots, a new and worrying development. Growers are advised to prune during the dry weather, monitor their trees, and apply mitigating treatments if necessary. Despite being generally rare, outbreaks have traditionally been associated with wet El Nino years. With recent and persistent rain across the state, almond growers should be on high alert. The official forecast for the California Avocado Commission's fiscal year 2023 to 2024 is 208 million pounds compared to the year prior volume of 237 million pounds. Weather and market conditions will be key factors for when California avocado growers begin harvesting. The potential for a wet winter may encourage some growers to delay picking to allow their avocados time to increase in size, which could in turn increase the crop volume. The California Avocado Commission, customers and avocado lovers are eagerly anticipating locally and ethically grown California avocados in stores, on menus, and on plates, according to CAC Vice President of Marketing Terry Splain. He said some very early season harvesting has occurred already, and they're anticipating the volume to ramp up in March and April. 
The majority, or 160 million pounds of the premium California avocado harvest, will be the Hass variety. The lamb Hass variety is expected to contribute 6 million pounds. Gem 5 million pounds and another 1 million pounds will come from other varieties commercially grown in California. The commission supports all California avocado varieties, and in concert with its new agency, a record, Curious Plot, CAC is introducing an expanded trade support program, which includes retail and food service promotions aimed to reach targeted customers. Key components of California avocado marketing support for these promotions include video content for both retail customer and California avocado social media platforms, geo-targeted advertising aimed at consumers near stores, merchandising the fruit, and the traditional retail food service marketing tactics. CAC social media program runs year-round and ramps up leading into the season. Last season's social support for California avocados resulted in engagement activity that significantly outperformed CAC benchmarks. This program continues in 2024. As supply continues to increase in March and April, social efforts will gain momentum with activity across multiple channels. California is seeing an unusually high number of invasive fruit flies in citrus-growing counties in the 2023-24 season, and several areas are now under a fruit fly quarantine. These flies lay eggs on or near the fruit surface, and when the maggots hatch, they bore into the fruit, making it unfit for human consumption and causing major losses to fruit and vegetable production. UCCE Citrus IPM advisor Sandeepa Gautam. California has been always watchful about invasive fruit fly species coming in and whenever there is a find, um, CDFA has been, uh, you know, on top of um, eradicating fruit flies. But this time around, we have had breeding populations in several areas triggering um, quarantine, um, especially in Riverside, San Bernardino area um, and Los Angeles area. We have multiple invasive fruit fly um, quarantine areas. While the counties in California currently under quarantine for invasive fruit fly are all outside the San Joaquin Valley, Gautam said there are two reasons growers in the SJV should still be aware of this pest, which can move and populate fast. One, fruit flies are polyphagous species. They feed and breed on many fruits and vegetables, not just citrus. And second being, citrus being one of the prefer, preferred hosts for um, these fruit flies. So a little bit about fruit fly biology is they become active in um, around springtime. They lay eggs on um, fruit with, you know, a lot of citrus trees have fruit right now. So they would, um, they would, they lay eggs on, on fruit and those fruit, those neonate larvae, which are maggots, uh, bore into the fruit and feed inside the fruit. Um, if there are lots of um, larvae feeding, then that fruit would eventually decay and drop. But if the population pressure is low, then especially earlier in the spring when temperature is cold, then there may be uh, fruit fly eggs or immatures inside a piece of fruit. And if that piece of fruit accidentally gets transported into a newer area, you're transporting fruit flies together with it, which which is why um, CDFA has established regulatory, you know, boundaries, uh, defining it as, a, it as a core area, which is 0.5 miles around, radius around the, um, around the detection area and um, quarantine area, which is 4.5 mile radius around each detection. And there are uh, regulations established that, especially from within the core um, area, the fruit cannot move outside 
the core area without following um, USDA if it's established, you know, protocols to either pre-treat or do a post-harvest treatment um, just in order to move fruit from within the core to, to outer area. So for uh, valley growers, it's concerning because we grow a lot of citrus over here. And if fruit flies were to be accidentally transported, they they could breed in our orchards and ex explode like, you know, we have a situation um, in, in the valley. And another thing is because most of the quarantine areas right now are based on fruit fly find um, on a trap. We're not sure, especially at the beginning of spring, what kind of populations may be present in the field. So this quarantine situation may change rapidly as the weather warms up and, you know, um, these fruit flies may be um, popping up from more areas than currently um, under the quarantine. Gautam recommends all members of the citrus industry, no matter what the capacity, should stay informed of invasive fruit fly activity and what's happening across the state. The main thing um, that growers and pest control advisors and field scouts, anybody, you know, working with citrus industry or, or citrus crop can do is stay informed about what's happening with the quarantine and how those where those quarantine areas are and um, also stay informed about the fact that the fruit within the quarantine core area cannot be moved without following established protocols and um, stay vigilant, um, learn about how these fruit flies look. All these invasive fruit flies are flies, um, you know, similar to house fly, but have distinct color pattern. There are baits available for all of these fruit flies. One of the recommended uh, practice is to put a trap um, to see if there are any fruit flies um, in the area, then, you know, they would be attracted to the to the trap. The best thing to do right now is to stay informed, not move fruit from those core areas. Um, talk to your neighbors. If you have families living inside the quarantine um, reason, inform them. And um, the CDFA has an interactive map uh, whereby, you know, anybody can go and check the quarantine area if um, you have a family or f friends living uh, near those areas to see if you are within or within or outside the quarantine boundary. Gautam also noted CDFA, county ag commissioners, and researchers are all doing their part to stay on top of the invasive fruit fly issue and echoed the sentiment that all citrus industry members must play their parts as well. You're listening to My Ag Life. I'm Taylor Schallstrom. Early registration for the 2024 Crop Consultant Conference hosted by Progressive Crop Consultant Magazine and Western Region Certified Crop Advisors is now open. The popular event for certified crop advisors, pest control advisors, grower applicators, and industry professionals is the mainstay for all continuing education needs this year and will take place on September 25th and 26th at the Visalia Convention Center. Visit myaglife.com slash events for the early discounted rate of $275 per person, which includes the live conference, a trade show with 70 plus exhibits, first class dining, entertainment, and a mixer. We'll see you there. 
USA Secretary of Agriculture Tom Vilsack has announced USA investments designed to support the U.S. specialty crops industry. The launch of the Assisting Specialty Crops Exports Initiative will provide $65 million for projects that will help the specialty crop sector increase global exports and expand access to new markets. USA also announced $72.9 million in grant funding available to support the specialty crops industry through the Specialty Crop Grant Program. The program will fund innovative projects designed to bolster the competitiveness of the expanding specialty crop sector. Specialty crop exports totaled $24.6 billion in fiscal year 2023 and represented 13.8% of total U.S. agricultural exports. Specialty crop producers feed the nation and the world with nutritious fruits, nuts, and vegetables, and they supply communities with horticulture products, according to Vilsack. Yet they have unique challenges and opportunities to competing in the domestic market and several barriers preventing their products from entering foreign markets. Clean Fuels Alliance has welcomed the Environmental Protection Agency's release of public data for the Renewable Fuel Standard. That data shows U.S. production of biomass-based diesel, including biodiesel, renewable diesel, sustainable aviation fuel, and heating oil, reached 4 billion gallons in 2023. Both domestic production and use of advanced biomass-based diesel grew by 1 billion gallons in 2023 compared to the previous year. The clean fuels industry achieved what EPA said couldn't be done by contributing to the growth of advanced biodiesel, renewable diesel, SAF, and heating oil from sustainably sourced feedstocks. That according to Kurt Kovarik, Vice President of Federal Affairs for Clean Fuels. He says their industry, including producers, oilseed processors, fuel distributors, and marketers, has made significant investments to make clean fuels available to more consumers and rapidly decarbonize heavy-duty transportation fuels, including for aviation and marine markets. He also says that EPA's data demonstrates the projected sustainable growth is being achieved. A stalled trade agenda and unhappiness with the leadership of Biden's U.S. trade chief, Catherine Tai, has pushed more than a half dozen senior trade officials out the door, according to Political. Current and former administration officials tell Political the exits include the White House's point person on global economics and two trade deputies on Biden's worker center trade policies. Simmering discontent over USTR Catherine Tai's management and pulling out of the Indo-Pacific Economic Framework, or IPEF, talks in November are among the causes cited. Ty told the Senate Finance Committee last year. Tariff liberalization, tariff reductions are not a part of this negotiation. Nevertheless, what we are doing is um, bringing together critical partners in the region to improve the interoperability and compatibility between our economies. House lawmakers also complained U.S. producers were losing ground to China and the EU making tariff-cutting deals. Ways and Means Republican Adrian Smith. I'm concerned that it seems that President Biden has not given you the mandate to address market access with any of our trading partners. Senate Finance Chair and Democrat Ron Whedon told Political that the recent wave of exits certainly raises questions about the trade agenda when Tai has defended citing domestic politics. Our traditional trade models and traditional FTAs have led us to a place where we are facing a, a considerable backlash that we are listening to from our own people about concerns regarding the offshoring and outsourcing of American jobs and opportunities through these types of arrangements. Remains to be seen what the driver will be for decisive Midwest manufacturing and farm votes in an election rematch this year. A younger generation of farm producers is taking initiative with more direct marketing of their products as both a sales vehicle and a method to learn what their customers demand. USA Ag News reporter Rod Bain has the story. 
More farmers are turning to direct marketing of their goods and commodities as both a way to engage with consumers and meet changing demands from such. And as Chad Hart of Iowa State University Extension points out, driving that outreach are younger farmers and ranchers, several of whom are trying to create their own niche within a family farm operation. It's always been a game where where the farmer, you wear many hats. But it used to be one of those hats was not, I have to worry about connecting with the consumer. Now it definitely is. It's also not just about growing demand domestically. Because when you're looking at our production, the idea is that we produce more than enough to meet our own needs, plus we depend upon selling to the rest of the world. So we're not only trying to adjust to how our consumers here within the U.S. are adjusting, but how they're adjusting internationally as well. Examples of direct marketing range from roadside farm stands to farm-to-school or government product sales. I'm Rod Bain reporting for the U.S. Department of Agriculture in Washington, D.C. Poet LLC has agreed to connect all its ethanol plants in Iowa and South Dakota to Summit Carbon Solutions' proposed carbon pipeline as Summit continues to work through regulatory hurdles to build what would be a 1,250-mile pipeline across five states. The announcement comes just days after the grand opening of what is to believe the world's first sustainable aviation fuel plant in Soperton, Georgia. Just last week, Iowa agriculture and biofuels officials called for widespread adoption of carbon capture and sequestration among Iowa ethanol plants to make the industry more attractive to SAF production. If the pipeline is built, Poet and Summit said in a news release that Poet plants will be able to sequester about 4.7 million metric tons of carbon dioxide annually. The Summit project has faced several regulatory challenges in the past year. The 8th Annual National FFA Give Day is coming up on February 22nd. Funds raised that day support programs on local, state, and national levels. In February, the organization will celebrate FFA advisors and members as part of National FFA Week, which includes giving back during FFA Day. Donations help FFA grow the next generation of leaders. JCS Marketing is your number one way to connect with the ag industry. Through print magazines, digital media, podcasts, and live and virtual events, JCS Marketing has the reach to inform, educate, and influence growers in the Western United States. Everywhere you go, you see West Coast Map Magazine on every one of my customers' tables. So that tells you everything. That's, that, it's there, so they're reading it. Our My Ag Life platform includes podcast interviews and digital articles for busy professionals on the go. Our live events, continuing education webinars, and virtual conferences help growers connect with leading researchers and industry leaders. Let JCS Marketing help you connect. That will wrap up today's show. You've been listening to the My Ag Life Daily News Report. I'm Lori Boyer. From all of us here at the JCS Marketing Team, thank you for listening.